Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, flying solo today. If you're liking what you're hearing, give us a follow. We drop episodes three times a week. We drop episodes right after the game on Sundays or Mondays or I guess Thanksgiving will be on Thursdays. And then we drop episodes usually Tuesday, Thursday. That's the regular cadence. If you're liking what you're hearing and if you can't get enough of this Vikings team, give us a follow inside Purple and Gold. We are anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Like I've been saying, if somehow you get your podcast on a different platform, let us know and we will get on that platform as well. There is no better time to follow the Vikings than right now when they are at 8-1, and one, when they are, like we said, among the best teams in the NFL, perhaps the best team in the NFC. Um, join us for the ride. It, it's certainly to the point where I didn't think we were going to be covering an 8-1 and one football team, but here we are. I teased it heading into the break. Justin Jefferson's catch. I don't think... We can overstate how impressive it was. I think every thing that has been written about it, every thing that's on any segment of television that where it's been talked about, oftentimes in this current landscape of media, we hear like very, very like hot, takey, inflammatory, whatever. Like this was the best thing that ever happened because it just happened. So. Whenever someone comes out and says this was the best, 
I think there's like a almost like a guarded nature to it of like, was it really the best? Or is, is this just like the day and age we live in where everything's the best? Cause it's new. No, Justin Jefferson's catch on Sunday was the greatest catch of all time. It was, it just was. I've watched that thing maybe 50 times now. I still don't know how he brought it in. I still don't know how with a person on his back, Justin Jefferson was able to throw one hand in the air, pluck that thing out of the sky, tuck his wrist under it while falling to the floor, and somehow corral the ball without making without it touching the ground. I have zero idea how it, it I want to talk to like a physics professor because I don't understand how that is humanly possible for him to take a ball that is accelerating at the rate which it is, stop it with his hand and then pluck it out of the air and somehow turn his body and contort it in a way where the ball doesn't touch the ground. It, it doesn't make sense. Like go try and do that in your backyard. You, you, you can't, you can't do that in your backyard by yourself with nobody on you. You could do it for the rest. Go do it after you listen to this podcast. It's snowing in Minnesota. So maybe you, you want to not do that because it, it's pretty gross outside. But if you go and try and make that catch without anyone on you, you can't, it's impossible. So the fact that he was able to do that with someone on him, mind you, fourth and 18, a gotta have it play. Everything that goes into that catch kind of stacked on top of each other makes it the greatest catch of all time. But in a vacuum, it's also the greatest catch of all time. It's incredible. There, there's, there's nothing that can compare to that catch, in my opinion. And I have a couple of other catches that have been considered the greatest catches of all time that we will talk about. I'm going to rank them kind of five through one spoiler alert. Number one is the JJ catch from Sunday. Um, Before I get into the rankings though, I want to give a shout out to Kirk cousins as well. If you know me, if you've listened to this podcast since training camp, you know, I am a huge Kirk cousins critic. You also know that I've been forced to eat my words over the past month as Kirk Cousins has ascended into the MVP discussion. Yes, I said it. He is an MVP candidate. He will not win the award, but he deserves to be in the conversation. I want to give a shout out to him for throwing that ball. It's fourth and 18. I get it. That ball has to go up. Um, Kevin O'Connell talked about it on Sunday, like, in the headset prior to that fourth and 18 call, he said, Hey, Kirk, I don't really have a play here. You can't really scheme someone open fourth and 18. This is about a player. It's about a player more than it is about a scheme. Just give that player a chance. That player, obviously Justin Jefferson, the offensive line held up enough to give Kirk some time to throw and Kirk let that thing rip. It's an incredible catch, but it's also a very, very, very good throw. Every incredible catch has to have some sort of a good throw associated with it to at least give his guy a chance. I've seen Kirk in in some of these moments in the past. That's a dirt ball. That ball is 10 feet over Justin Jefferson's head. When Kirk had to make a throw to give his best player or the best player on on the Vikings on the field that day a chance to make a play, Kirk made 
I'll say a perfect throw. Like, was it a perfect throw in the sense of like, Justin didn't have to move and it hit him right there and it was right in stride. No, but it was perfect for that moment in time. It was perfect to allow Justin Jefferson a chance at a 50, 50 ball. It was, we can say now where, right where it needed to be because Justin Jefferson came down with it. I don't want to speak in too much hyperbole here because the catch belonged to Justin Jefferson and without him, it's not a catch without him. We're not talking about this, but I think we have to give credit where credit's due. Kirk threw the ball in a place where Justin had an opportunity to catch it without that throw. There is no catch. So he deserves credit there. But obviously this, this catch and in, in, in all of the ones belong to Justin Jefferson, um, all the accolades, all the, the talk, all the hype, it belongs to Justin Jefferson. Because like I said, it was the greatest catch of all time. So I've, like I said, I've ranked kind of the top five. And I know if you are listening to this, you're probably going to have a different opinion on what the five best catches were in NFL history. There's a lot of them. I get it. I'm sorry if I left yours off. I... I left off the immaculate reception, which is going to like bother people like because it like that's something I think a lot of old heads think about when they think greatest catch of all time. You think of the immaculate reception. You think of Franco Harris. I left it off because it, it just was random. It, like, was it a good catch? Was it an awesome play that will forever live in NFL lore? Yes. But like. Was it that good of a catch or was it just an incredibly fortunate play? Like, yes, that Franco Harris was downfield enough to kind of pluck that ball off the ground before it touched the grass. Like, yeah, that was a great play. That was a great catch. Um, But the degree of difficulty of these other five, I think, are greater. Um, If you don't like it, like I said, if you're following us, tweet at me. You see my Twitter at the bottom and let's have a discussion. If you, if you really believe that the immaculate reception should be in this top five, let's have a discussion. Um, I'm more than open to it at five. I have Dwight Clark's catch 1981 NFC championship game. Niners trailing late. Joe Montana throws that baby up into the end zone. The white Clark climbs the ladder. That ball must've been 11 feet in the air. I don't know. I'm sure someone's actually done like the physics and looking at the play and where he was when he ascended, but he climbed a ladder. He plucked that ball out of the heavens and it was for the game winning touchdown. That's something you see these iconic moments in the NFL. You think of Dwight Clark's catch in the back of the end zone. It helped kick off a dynasty. I think that's a catch where you look at it. You watch it back. He made it look effortless. So maybe it, it's not one that totally stands out, but that was such an incredible catch. Climb the ladder on that thing. Um, that's number five in my book. Number four, Julian Edelman's catch in the Super Bowl. The Patriots trailing 28 to three. We all remember that against the Atlanta Falcons. And Julian Edelman's catch where it kind of pinballed around. Tom Brady threw that ball up. Just a hope and a prayer, really. 
I think it was Robert Alford was the the cornerback for for the Atlanta Falcons. He like tipped it in the air, and Julian Edelman dove to the ground. Julian Edelman, one of the best playoff performing wide receivers of our generation. He probably won't make the Hall of Fame, but if you just look at postseason statistics, he deserves to make the Hall of Fame. His regular season numbers probably aren't good enough for him to get in the Hall of Fame. However, if Julian Edelman got in the Hall of Fame, I would argue you 0% because for like the second half of that dynastic run for the New England Patriots, Julian Edelman was the guy. He always rose to the occasion in big moments. And his catch where he kind of contorts his body, goes and attacks that tipped ball by Robert Alford and somehow comes up with it without letting the ball touch the ground, just the concentration that it takes to do that. That's four in my book. So we have Dwight Smith or Dwight Clark. I'm sorry. Five Julian Edelman, four. See, I have San Antonio Holmes's catch in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals at three. I think some people forget about that catch and just how impossible it was in the back of the end zone. And how good of a throw it was by Ben Roethlisberger as well. It's it's kind of like when I talk about the Justin Jefferson catch and I have to give Kirk Cousins some credit for getting the ball there in a position to make, let his guy make a play. Ben Roethlisberger, late in that Super Bowl, let Santonio Holmes make a play with that throw. But the catch was absolutely ridiculous. It was just gross how Santonio Holmes was able to climb that ladder in the corner of the end zone and somehow get his toes down. All of that without going out of bounds in a gotta have it moment in the Super Bowl. It, that's three in my book because of the degree of difficulty that came with that catch, but also just like the moment. It was in the Super Bowl. It was a play that the, the Steelers absolutely needed to have, and San Antonio Holmes came up with it. They won the Super Bowl. Game over. That's number three. Number two, you probably know, it, it's the Odell Beckham catch. It's it's a ridiculous catch that I, I don't think, I didn't think could possibly be topped. Just reaching behind your head while running full speed in one direction, somehow stopping on a dime, reaching behind your, your head and just throwing that arm up and catching it and landing it in bounds. There's not really much that needs to be talked about on that Odell Beckham catch because everyone knows that catch. Everyone can reference it in their mental, right? If you just say Odell, you think of that catch. That's number two. I did not think it was ever going to be topped, but it was topped on Sunday by Justin Jefferson, who basically made the same catch that Odell made. He just did it with a person on his back. I think you look at it like that. Number two, Odell Beckham. I'm realizing now that I screwed up my rankings. <laughs> and I left off the helmet catch. I got to bump everything down. I'm sorry, Dwight Clark. You have to now be six. Julian Edelman, you have to now be five. Santonio Holmes, you have to now be three. Odell Be- or four. Odell Beckham, you have to be three. David Tyree's helmet catch in the Super Bowl. That's number two. 
I gave you a top six. I screwed up. I wrote my top five before the Justin Jefferson catch. The David Tyree catch in the Super Bowl is number two. Uh, Everyone remembers the helmet catch. It beat the undefeated Patriots. That catch with where it kind of ranked at the time was an impossible catch in and of itself, how he pinned it to his helmet in a gotta have it moment in the closing minutes to beat the undefeated Patriots team that looked like it was impossible to lose. David Tyree comes up with this incredible grab over Rodney Harrison while he's falling to the ground. Eli Manning gives him a chance. I think the the, the Giants were down 14 to 10 at that point, and they end up winning the game. That's number two. Screwed up the rankings. That's okay. I gave you a top six. So let's go in order. One is Justin Jefferson. Two is David Tyree. Three is Odell Beckham. Four, Santonio Holmes. Five, Julian Edelman. I'm sorry, Dwight Clark. You are now bumped down to six because I cannot count. All of those things... Aside, it just shows how many great catches there have been in NFL history, and I know I've missed a ton. I know there are some out there that people are going to say, well, you forgot about this one. You forgot about that one. It doesn't matter. It wasn't better than the catch that Justin Jefferson made on Sunday. That was a catch that we will remember for the rest of our lives. That is a catch that they will show on highlight reels. For the rest of our lives, for the rest of our children's lives, for the rest of our grandchildren's lives. I don't know how you could physically, humanly possible, make a better catch than Justin Jefferson did on Sunday. That is number one in my book. Again, can't count. Gave you a top six, but Justin Jefferson is atop that list. He's number one. When we come back, we'll do a quick accolades of... You know, guys who kind of stepped up Sunday for the Vikings that deserve a little bit of credit that we just did not talk about enough on Sunday. Um, There were a ton of great plays in that game, but there were a ton of people, I think, that because of those great plays, they got overshadowed. Um, They deserve a little bit of shine. More on that when we come back. 